Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Parental Guidance Advised with Money and Allie. Welcome back to Frank and Ernest. Yep. I'm Frank. I'm Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> We keep saying that because my boss man at my radio station in Atlanta was like, you know, you guys are just so like, you know, Frank and Ernest. I was like, oh, my God, that's, that's like a great. title of a show. Yeah. I love it. And he's Frank like, well, which one's Frank and who's Ernest? I was like, well, duh. You're I'm Frank. Frank. <laughs> I'm Ernest. <laughs> yeah. I like it. The church we used to attend had this thing called the Ernest section where if you oh, wanted gosh. to get Ernest, remember that? Yeah. yeah right? Ugh. Where if you wanted to get Ernest about yeah. something, then they afforded you the space to go before the entire church in a very safe environment mm-hmm. and you got Ernest about your life. You could confess things. You could, add, you could, you know, just kind of put some things out there. And the reason they did that was because there's a standard in the word that says when you confess your faults to one another, do so because you'll be healed. Yeah. Many people are carrying around so many burdens and secrets and things that they're scared to death. Someone is going to see or otherwise find out about them. And it was, it was a real act of trust on behalf of the participant. I got up there several times with stuff, but what you realize is that it gives people the opportunity to either rise and and uh, and serve you in compassion and love and mercy, which is the standard by which mm-hmm. we're called to uh, live, mm-hmm. okay, as, as prescribed by First Corinthians uh, thirteen, and and what is love, and it gave people the opportunity to completely fail you. Yep, it gave you the opportunity to see who should be a participant in your life and who should be a spectator. Correct. And we it talked set about, the bar. It did. Thank you. And and we're using the word standard and bar and, you know, expectations, and, and expectations because we talked about that in another podcast. That's mm-hmm. very important. Uh, you know, we need to have standards as a nation and we do, but they're kind of, you know, they, and we've had amendments and some of them have, have been decent amendments. But the amendments did not abolish certain components. And then in some instances, it 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 did by virtue of adding an evolution to it. And we talked about that on one of my podcasts just, um, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, talking about evolving as people. And and even though we had the Constitution right in front of us, that everyone was created equal, okay, and have and they all have unalienable rights, how many years did it take us to finally, you know, institute that so that everyone, and we're still evolving into that over time. Mm-hmm. But you have to give space for that. I see your eyes rolling over there. Mm-hmm. But you have to give people space to evolve. Yes, you do. And again, I think it all starts, though, with what we were talking about earlier, which is a shared vision. Right. And that's why we feel so broken in our relationships, why we feel so broken as a nation, because we have no shared vision. So recently you went to uh, a volunteer session. I did. um, Here in in the city of Atlanta that is dealing with uh, kids who are broken, women who are broken, Mm -hmm. coming out of abuse, sex trafficking, all of that. And one of your biggest takeaways was 
vision. It was because I was sitting in the orientation and there was this wonderful little couple right next to me. And uh, when it came time for them to speak, the husband spoke up and he was like, "Um, we have both recently retired and we're trying to find things to occupy our time. And we both want to give back to the community. And the husband had had a learning disability and was Mm -hmm. given a lot of help and opportunities. And so this was his time to repay that. And it took me back to the documentary we were watching about Bill and Melinda Gates and how they have the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that they run equally as partners. And it just, I don't know, there was something about that shared vision Mm -hmm. that you could see the strength in their relationship and in this couple's relationship. Right. And it just, it bonded them together. Yeah. Even after thing, the whole landscape of the relationship had just changed because right. no one was working. The kids were gone. And, and most most retirees dread, especially yeah. the woman. She's like, what? What are we going to do? You're going to be in the house yeah. with me all day? <laughs> what are we going right. to talk about? Right. And so it's like, no, go to Walmart, be a greeter, do something, do anything. Have a tea time. in the house with me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so and to that point, yeah. yeah, I think having a vision, and I think it's important. That's why I tell you a lot, you know, have have standards, have things written out, have a mm-hmm. constitution. A, you have to start with a personal constitution. What yeah. is your personal constitution? Then you can carry that over into your relational constitution. Absolutely. You and have your familial to, constitution. You have to have a, like, it doesn't have to be clear, but you yeah. have to even have like a blurry, fuzzy, black and white vision. You have to have framework. Yes. To of, build anything. Yeah, of what you want your life to look like. Right. And I can't even tell you how grateful I am that I had like a just a tiny speck of an idea of what I wanted my life to look like because it saved me from a possibly really hard relationship. Right. Because I quickly realized that we did not share the, the same, same vision. vision for what our futures look so like. So when it comes to vision building, this is this is I just instantly went to this uh, analogy and metaphor. So I'm building a pergola in my backyard yeah. right now, right? And the guy came to uh, set the the pillar. I'm, it'll actually have columns that will you know serve as the foundation, as the thing that will uphold the entire pergola. Mm-hmm. And they're like Roman columns are really pretty, but he had to come and set. Footings. Well, even the footings had to be set mm-hmm. with parameters. You didn't just dump the concrete into the ground. Like the, he had to set the parameters around the concrete so that it wouldn't spread out into other areas. That's a great so, analogy. Right? You're so good at those. Well, You've always been thanks. good at those. Not always. You I have. You know, it, I have not. I'm telling you, I have not. Because when I was your age, I worked with this woman who ended up being a very close friend of mine. But she was so good at, she was an underwriter, and I was a loan processor. God, ugh, just drive off a cliff now. Yikes. So I, I know. Can you imagine me behind a desk all day? Did not work out well for any of us. But um, and numbers. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry. Are you, ta- are you getting you're triggered? You're yeah. triggered. Here I am. I'm back there again. Yeah. Pull me out, Alex. Yeah. Pull me out. <laughs> Save me. Trying. So I was like, but she was so good. With analogies, and she was such a good teacher because I am someone who has to see something in order for it to cement into yeah. my mind and for me to grasp a concept. And I, I didn't envy that, but I did admire it, mm-hmm. and and I prayed for that. I specifically prayed for the ability to be able to draw lines for people and pictures and metaphors and analogies. And I am actually very gifted with that you and I it. love it thank you I'm yeah. very grateful it's not it's not something that I come by naturally it's something I prayed for and so and and listen 
when I have one of these one of these metaphorical or analogous aha moments, I'm literally in the moment having mm-hmm. it with you. Like it's yeah. happening in real time. Like right now, as you were talking, I was like, oh yeah, the pergola yeah. and the footings and the, and, and I, because I can still see fits. the pieces of wood around the cement yeah. where my pillar is going to go. So the shared vision. Mm. So important. I think is, can be the, it can be the, I don't know. I think your personal constitution, your family's constitution, and people are like, "What does that mean?" I'm like, "Well, what's important if you're if you're going mm-hmm. to run your family according to the word, which is the word of life and liberty and love, mm-hmm. then you're going to do it with the parameters of love, which is it's not selfish, it's not puffed up, it's mm-hmm. not impatient, it's not unkind, it's not rude, it's not unseemly, it endures all things, it's not jealous, it's all of these. That's a very firm." Plumb line. That's it. That's the standard. Okay. So whenever things start happening in your family that you recognize are not lining up with that standard, then you can look to the standard and go, oh, oh, wait a minute. Okay. Why not only make the assertion that this isn't happening, but really I am such a why person. I want to know why something's not meeting the standard. And sometimes the why (laughs) doesn't matter. But that's another podcast. Yes. But a lot of time, but in this instance, the why absolutely matters. Right. Why is, why are you not meeting that standard? Right. Why is your partner not meeting that standard? Why isn't your family meeting that standard? What right. is broken? What, where's the yeah. chink in the chain yeah. of, of your family? Right. And you have to explore that in order to start meeting that standard again. But most people don't. And they no. go through their entire family generations with the same crap passed down. Same sp- chink. The same chink. Exactly. And so speaking of shared vision. I think it's important for families to have a familial vision, which is why I go back to the family constitution, which we've had even as a single mom. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, here's standards. Here's our constitution. Here's the vision for the family. Mm-hmm. And really our vision was almost as just as simple as just getting you to survive <laughs> because you were sick for so long, right? Yep. And keeping me alive so to get through the illness. Yeah. So we were very much so in survival mode. But I still always had that little seed in my heart of when I get to this particular place, and I didn't wait I didn't wait to arrive to a certain place to start living out this vision that I had, which was helping other people, uh, being available to other people, connecting other people. So you might not have money to help somebody. And part of your vision is to help those in need. But you have connections. Pick up the phone and make a phone call for someone that can then connect them to the help that they need. There, there's a very simple non-monetary way to assist someone. Mm -hmm. But with family vision, something I love um, is that Family vision, part of that can be that your kids feel or your spouse feel loved. They feel Mm -hmm. safe. They feel heard. They feel understood. They feel positioned favorably. And if you look at most of the Old Testament fathers of our faith, like our founding fathers of this country, I love that. I feel like they set us up for success with our Constitution. We declared our independence, and then we established a constitution, a bedrock, and that was to serve the generations to come. It was generational visionary thinking, and we're still resting upon that. We're fighting We're fighting to hold on to it, mm-hmm. but at least it's the plumb line. It's the standard, okay? And so, but the fathers blessed their children. They mm-hmm. blessed their sons to move forward, and they blessed with their mouths. They were very specific about the vision they had for their generations to carry on. Yeah. And they did. They did. And I think too, that goes back to the scripture of like, you know, also not causing 
your kids um, to become angry. Provoke not your children to anger. Why? Why? Lest they become discouraged. Yeah. Think about that. Discouraged in a time when you need courage. Mm -hmm. And the word also tells you, don't be afraid. I didn't give you a spirit of fear. Well, when you provoke your children to anger, and listen, that does not mean... Saying that, no to the toy on the yeah, toy aisle. Exactly. Well, yeah. yeah, that doesn't mean, you know, go to time out. You know, that's not that's not these little noodly wafy, you know, parenthood things, whatever the culture of the day is telling us to just let them roam for. Yeah. You know, we got free Don't range no. chickens. We got free range kids. You know, I just said that the other day to my producer. <laughs> I'm like, seriously. And if you look at a certain generation, it's like just a bunch of free range chickens. They don't know what their biology is. They don't know what to think no, or know. feel or I'm I, just crazy. I agree with you. I literally hear in my generation people who are like you cannot say the word no to my child and i'm like do not bring your child over here no 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 no. my first word was literally no it's like and my dad was actually concerned about that he was like monica you keep saying that's gonna be her first word i was like good it'll be a word that she never forgets exactly no No. (laughs) it's just as important as Yes. Right. And and some of the standards i set for you as a child were not only for your good they were for my sanity as a parent. Which is the good of the family. That's the ha- vision. The power <laughs> of boundaries. Yes, psychology yeah, today. To set, yep, psychology today. That's the cover. Absolutely. The power of boundaries. But it's so important because going back to not provoking your kids to anger, that's why the boundaries are important. Right. Because it's not about saying no. It's not about the timeouts or the temper tantrums. It's about when you teach your children that they can't trust themselves. Yep. That they can't trust you, that they can't trust other people. It's whenever you teach them to have these negative voices that follow them for the rest of their lives about their uh, intelligence, about their bodies, about their their dads, about their moms. That's what it means. It's when you are not setting your child up for emotional and psychological success. Yeah. And you can't, in my humble opinion... You cannot effectively and wholly do that without the plumb line of love. And there is mm-hmm. a standard for that. There is a standard of that. And again, First Corinthians 13. Yes. It's not just, okay, I love you. Go yeah. have fun. Go, have go, fun. go figure it out. Right. It has standards. It has boundaries. It has guidelines. It has all of these things listed. Literally write it out, y'all. Right. Write it out. It is a clear list of standards and and if you're meeting that in love for your children right that's wonderful and part of it too is is living it yes in your marriage but i didn't have a marriage by which for you to judge so i i didn't you didn't see me you saw me in a couple of long-term dating relationships but it wasn't a marriage and they were long distance and so it was convoluted it was broken Mm -hmm. It, it wasn't healthy um, you saw some things, but you didn't see others. And so most of our, quote, training has had to come from what I accepted as inerrant truth. And so when people get hung up on, you know, I don't trust the church, I don't trust institutionalized religion, I'm like, okay, I understand all of that. But here's something you can trust. This is a principle that will never fail you. So if you can start extracting small principles, small precepts from this one written context, Mm -hmm. uh, even if a man wrote it, (laughs) how could it possibly oppress you to not live with pride in your heart? 
to not live with jealousy in your heart, to not live with anger and resentment in your heart, to not live with provocation all the time and bitterness in your heart, um, to not live with being suspicious in your heart. Yeah. Uh, so there's that will not fail you. Mm-hmm. It is impossible for that one simple precept to now people will, will fail, fail you. you. Always yeah, because human. right in in the Bible also says he who puts his trust in the arm of man is a fool. But That's people pretty have, harsh. They have to have standards, though, Correct. to even fail. Correct. <laughs> you have to have these expectations. So visionary. Yeah. OK, I have often said people are like, why aren't you married yet? One of my biggest expectations and desires in a, in a future mate for marriage, particularly, is we have to be fellow visionaries. Yeah. There has to be something that people look at us as a couple and go, that's what Monica and so and so do. Mm-hmm. That's in, because we have to be on purpose together because I've accomplished a lot on my own. But I'm not going to accomplish on my own what I know for sure I can accomplish with another person. Yeah. And if that person's only focused on working and retirement and alimony checks and child support and soccer practice, that's not a vision that's mm-hmm. enough for me. I know that. So I'm not going to settle for that. So a vision is, you know, you can get with a kingdom vision if you're a Christian couple or or maybe you're not, um, you know, but a vision in terms of like helping other people. So give us some all right, what, you at the ripe old age of 23 and you have a new boyfriend, like what are some of the conversations you're having around vision? Um, I think we're both people who want to kind of be like a Bill and Melinda Gates, but of the arts. Okay. And um, we both have a huge reference for the arts mm-hmm. and we both kind of want to be patrons of that. Yeah. We want to encourage that. Oh, what a great word. Especially because he he's from Philadelphia mm-hmm. and he's from he's seen um, just how there's just no pipelines like there's really not no pipelines, but there's very limited pipelines for like local artists there. Yeah. And so that's someplace that it rests in his heart to do that. I think, too, in my industry of music. Record labels took the place of patrons, mm-hmm. and people really don't know how to ask for someone to be a patron. And people do; they no longer value the the essence of a patron. Yeah. The you know, patron comes from patera, which is father. Mm-hmm. It's someone. It it is a. It's an overseer. It's husbandry, if you will. Um, it's someone that allows for the space for something to be cultivated and to be mm. pruned and to be groomed. That's great. Allows for the space to be cultivated. But you know how flowers grow great? When they have boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, someone told me recently, my followers on Twitter were like, hey, what do you think about doing a Monica karaoke night? And uh, like once a month, you know, we just tell you what to sing and you pick some stuff and sing. And I was like, oh, that sounds so cool. I would love to do that. And one guy responds with, no, stay in your lane. And my response was, I own several. Yeah. I own several lanes. I own your lane. Right. But I got what he was saying because he's grown accustomed to, you know, we're very myopic, right? Again, we don't let no vision. Yeah. No, his vision of me was what he sees of me politically online. Yeah. But there's more to me comprehensively and holistically than simply being a mouthpiece about politics. And one of the reasons why I speak the way I do about politics is because I'm a well rounded individual that involves my faith and the arts. And so, yes, patronage. Mm-hmm. You know, very important. Someone who supports a, a local business mm-hmm. or, you know, you're a patron of certain things. But to but to be a patron of someone in the arts, 
I think is highly undervalued in this day and age. It really I mean, is. how do you think Picasso, other masters who they, you know, they weren't slinging hamburgers for the Vatican. <laughs> oh, they weren't. <laughs> We're about to be excommunicated. Well, yeah, well, I was never communicated. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was never communed. <laughs> never communicated. I was never communicated. So, you know, vodka is for the yeah, day. There we go. But uh, I'm Frank. <laughs> I'm Ernest. <laughs> and we do not know the Pope. Nope. So, that's okay. But we love Catholics. But <laughs> I was like, Catholics are people too. So. <laughs> Catholics are, hold on. Catholics are Christians too. Can we just, can we please just put that to rest? Do you know how many times I hear people differentiate online? Here's a squirrel moment, y'all. Okay, <laughs> being totally frank. Okay. Um, well, I was once Catholic and now I'm Christian. Or, you know, my Catholic, there's, there's just a line of delineation between Catholics and Christians. And I'm like, how, do, how does that get mixed up in people's minds? Catholics are Christians. Can we just settle that? They have a different way of expressing their faith. That's all. They have different standards by which they consider themselves to be in practice of Christianity. And that's okay. You know why it's okay? Because part of love says you don't judge another man's servant. So you don't judge another man's way of worshiping his God. You just don't. That's between him and his creator. Okay, there's my there's my tidbit. Yep. So as far as visionary goes, yes. <laughs> um, I think it's important to write things down yeah. and get it out of your head. Right. You know why it's important? The word even says, write the vision down. Make it plain vision so that those who run with it can carry it and run with it. You're not walking. You're not lollygagging. You're not chilling. You're not popping open a 40 and waiting on someone else to bring the vision to fruition. Like you are running with the vision and so that your younger men and women can run with the vision too. I know me and my <laughs> metaphors and analogies. I was going to sing a song, but I can't anymore because <laughs> R. Kelly's canceled. So <laughs> <laughs> there's the cancel culture, the 40. I know Mr. P's like, what the hell's a 40? It's a beer. God, yes, a 40 ounce. <laughs> so white okay my people all right anyway. we're out of here frank and Ernest, money, money and, and alley yeah <laughs> until next time we love you <laughs>